0: On that day, nothing mattered but you, my dear Berlin. Hello, and welcome to Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. The Lovewell Institute for the Creative Arts is an arts education not-for-profit where students from around the world have been conceiving, writing, and performing original full-length musicals since 1989. Happy October, Lovewell community. We hope that you enjoyed our Lovewell Rewind last month, where we took a look back on our 2018 summer, and we are happy to be back to our usual monthly programming. We'd like to start this month's episode with something very, very special.
1: Happy birthday!
0: That's right. This month, we celebrate Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast's very first birthday. One year ago this month, we launched our little show with a Halloween episode all about They Came from the Silver Screen. Here we are, one year and 16 episodes later, and look how far we've come. We hope that you've enjoyed our first year bringing you all of your favorite Lovewell content, and we hope that you'll stay with us for year two and beyond. Tonight, we've got a new episode in our Lovewell Rewind series, where we take a look back at musicals from the Lovewell Vault, with interviews from original creators and the complete audio of the show. Tonight's musical is Dear Berlin, a musical breakthrough, written by the students and staff of Lovewell Fort Lauderdale Teen Session 1, back in 2013. Here's the official synopsis of that show. On May 13, 1961, the citizens of Berlin woke up to a city divided in two, West Berlin, controlled by the Allied nations, and East Berlin, which remained under communist rule, leaving East Berliners trapped inside their city. Once it became clear that the wall wasn't temporary, the citizens of Berlin became desperate to reunite with their loved ones. Inspired by true stories, Dear Berlin, a musical breakthrough follows three generations of extraordinary people as they attempt to get under, over, and finally through the wall. Remember, this show was completely written by the students that you'll hear performing it. With the help of their staff, they brainstormed every plot point, came up with every melody, wrote every scene, and choreographed every dance. Dear Berlin stands out amongst the shows in the Lovewell catalog for its maturity, stellar music, and unique structure. There's no one way that anyone is supposed to structure a musical, but in our Lovewell workshops we typically think of our musicals as taking place over two acts. However, one of the main inspirations during the Dear Berlin writing process was telling our story with a three-act structure, three separate stories woven together. A large amount of research had to go into writing this show, as each story focused on a real group of people from different points throughout the history of the Berlin Wall. Now, I have a very specific memory of returning to work in New York in the fall of 2013 after having helped staff Dear Berlin and hearing a co-worker of mine who had never heard of Lovewell before singing the opening number to our musical. When I asked how he knew the song, He said that he'd heard the opening on my Facebook earlier that summer, and that the song had been stuck in his head ever since. I think that's when I knew that we had created something truly special. Our two guests this evening are seasoned Lovewell veterans, near and dear to all of our hearts. We couldn't all be in the same room, so we'll be returning to our traditional zigzag interview format. Please make sure that your seatbelts are fastened, because otherwise, this interview will knock you right on the floor. We are thrilled to welcome Jamie Cohen and Nick Aquino to the show for the very first time. Jamie, Nick, thanks so much for joining us on Listen Well.
2: Hey, Tyler. Hey, Nick. It's great to finally be on one of these podcasts.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Jamie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately?
2: Yeah, so I live in Nashville now, and I'm a software developer, which is just fancy talk for saying that I build websites.
0: Awesome. Nick, what sorts of crazy shenanigans have you found yourself in recently? What's a day in the life like?
3: Well, along with music directing with Lovewell for the summer workshops and intergenerational workshops throughout the year, I've also been a music director at some local high schools and middle schools, and even music directed with Norwegian Cruise Line. Now, you've
0: both had a long and storied Lovewell career. Can you take us through your life as Lovewell lights? The beginning, the middle, the now. Paint the picture for us. Jamie, why don't you go first?
2: So I started Lovewell when I was nine years old. My dad signed me up for it because he read about Lovewell in a newspaper. And yeah, I just went. And I didn't know anybody there. He didn't know anything about Lovewell. Like we just, it was just so random. And I've been going ever since. So I always think about what would have happened if like my dog like shredded up the newspaper that day. I think I started going to Lovewell and I was just there because it was so fun. And I loved all the games we played and I feel like I would just laugh. Like, I would go to Lovewell and I would just laugh from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. And then there was a show at the end. Like, somehow we wrote this show in the middle. But I think as I started getting older and, you know, sort of moved into being in Lovewell teen, I really started, it started to click with me. This whole idea of, like, wow, like, writing songs is actually really fun. And, like, writing this musical and, like, we can really tell stories that matter. Or just have a lot of fun with the process. Like, for me, it's always been about the process. Like, literally, I could care less what the show is about. Like, towards the end, I was like, honestly, somebody else tell me what the show is going to be about. I just want to get into the nitty-gritty parts of, like, writing it and staging it and that whole process. And obviously, the shows were a lot of fun. But I feel like if, if I could stop time in the Lovewell process, it would probably be, like like the end of the second week of our three-week processes because it's just like you're seeing sort of the progress you've made but you're also still in the thick of it and there's still that like oh excitement what's it gonna look like but you know already that you've made so much and you've already had like two weeks of fun and then like you start getting costumes and that's really fun too so yeah that's that's my level experience
3: Nick how about you I went to Pope John Paul II High School in Boca Raton, where a good group of Love Will Lights at the time were part of it, and uh, they invited me to come see the upcoming show, which happened to be Daybreak in 2010, and I was immediately hooked, so I signed up the next year. Uh, my first show as a student was True Calling, and I did seven processes as a student, and about as many now as a staff member.
0: Jamie, can you talk to me about the process of writing, Dear Berlin? How was it similar or how was it different from other love wells that you participated
4: in?
2: Dear Berlin, I think was a very strange process, in a very in a good way, and I think it's something that we've never really, at least in my time and level, encountered before. Is we had like forty people, and everyone except one person had done Lovewell before. So it was kind of like, here are these seasoned pros, like, let's see what we can do. We all have done this before, we've got the process, and now we can really excel. Like, there wasn't this doubt, there wasn't this sort of, like, oh, we have to, we're writing, whatever, but we also are like, teaching, and it was just full speed ahead. Um, and so in that regard, there's sort of this this magic in the group of just understanding, like, looking around the room and and knowing everybody like having seen everybody before and having seen everybody's abilities and just already coming in with this set understanding of how the process works. Obviously I think it was also a really important show for me personally because it was my last level show and at that point I'd been doing level for over 10 years and to be in a process that I knew would be my last and I I think for a lot of other people my age, because there were like seven or eight of us, I think there was a little bit of pressure that I felt that we really had to make this show really special. If this is going to be our last show, we really we want to put our whole selves into it. And so I think there was a little bit of like bittersweetness throughout the process of knowing that we just wanted to have fun, but we also wanted to be really intentional. Also... I guess I I hadn't really picked a character until I think the last day of the show or like the day before and we like quickly like wrote my character in but I feel like that was the perfect ending to my Lovewell career to just be like oh I don't really have to be in the show oh okay I guess I'll be in the show but I, I really don't mind standing back and just helping this process along and and I was really happy about that and then everyone was like I think you should have a character in this show so alas I made it in the show.
0: Nick do any moments from the writing process stand out in particular for you?
3: One of my favorite writing moments from that show actually wasn't in the show itself that was my last year as a student as it was with a handful of others who had been a part of Lovewell for a long time and we got together on our own outside of Lovewell and wrote a song that we sang after curtain call on the last show to the staff members as a kind of thank you and um, I remember the chorus the line at the end was we're thinking of and thanking you for a lifetime and that kind of resonates with me even now because all of the skills that I've learned throughout Lovewell, whether it's on the actual writing side of music and lyrics or the collaboration side between people and artists, I use so much every day in where I work and also how I interact with others.
0: And it's a wonderful memory for all of us. And speaking of memories, I have a lot of wonderful memories of you as a student, Jamie. And one of the most remarkable things about watching you work was how you always so clearly prioritized your friendships at Lovewell. You were always a great friend and collaborator. Can you talk about how Lovewell friendships form and why those bonds might go so deep?
2: Yes, I'm so glad you're asking me this question because this is like the best thing that ever happened to me is all the friends I've gotten from Lovewell. Um, I mean, when I was nine years old, I met Sherry Spangler and she is to this day my best friend. Like. She lives halfway across the world right now, and we still, like, message each other all the time, and like, I went to go see her, and it's just like, the people you meet and love well are your family. I guess, like, bear with me for a moment while I try to psychoanalyze why you get such strong friendships, or why so many friendships arise out of the process, and I think... Some of it is that, you know, we have the affirmation, I uh, I have a kind thought for everyone, may we create today in the spirit of cooperation and joy, and I think it's that there's a combination of cooperation and joy, because, you know, you're at Lovewell, and you're there, and you're willing to cooperate, so I think cooperation sort of has this negative connotation of like, oh, like, we don't want to cooperate, but... Okay, so we're there, we're at Lovewell, we're cooperating, we got this, we all agree we're going we're gonna to write this musical. But I think it's the and joy part. It's like, hey, have fun while you're doing it too. So you're going to cooperate and you're going to have a lot of fun. And I think that combination of those two things is what just creates so many strong friendships. And I think it's really because when you are creating anything, it's a very vulnerable Act Like it's it's very hard to just yell any idea that comes to your head out to a room of people that you may not know very well. But I think Love Walk really creates a space where we're all there to have fun and so anything that you say is always just going to be greeted with acceptance and love and being in a space where you can be vulnerable and where you're being vulnerable, and everybody else in the room is being vulnerable too, it makes it so much easier to bond and to really let people get to know you. So I think there's that aspect of it too, is it's just a space where not only can you be vulnerable, but you know that everybody there is being their vulnerable selves too. I think with Dear Berlin specifically, Because there were so many returning Lovell students, a lot of it just felt like a giant party where I know everyone here and it's awesome and I know that everybody is so talented here. And another thing was, I guess the character group that I was in at the time that I was helping write things with were the people that I had grown up with and so I knew how everybody worked, I knew how everybody function, I knew people's music taste, I knew people what people thought were funny, like, it just made writing so easy, because I really just knew these people, knew what made them tick, and I just remember going up into a room and, like, halfway through writing a scene or writing a song would be like, wait, like, wasn't there supposed to be a staff member up here, or wasn't, like, was there? I don't know, like, we just are so tight and could just get into the groove of it and having done level well for so many years it just felt like natural.
0: Talk to us about the sound of the show, Nick. What was the music like?
3: So this show actually takes place over a long period of time with the first of the three acts starting in the 60s and the last ending with the wall coming down in the 80s. So we wanted to make sure that there were moments throughout the show that emulated the different time periods that we were in. For instance, there's this giant rebellious rock number called Side by Side in the beginning of the third act that uh, really sets the tone for the rest of the act. It was a full ensemble number, and it was one of the more impressive showstopper numbers I think I've been a part of in a Lovewell show.
0: Dear Berlin is based on true events, and that meant that we all had to do a lot of research while we were writing the show. Jamie and Nick, I have the same question for you. Do you think that musical theater can be used to help teach in the classroom or be used to help enrich curriculum? If so, why? Jamie, why don't you go first?
2: Oh my God, yes. I mean, think about the rabbit hole of, of Netflix documentaries you've watched about things that you were probably not interested in at all beforehand, but you've just heard it was so well made or um, so entertaining that you just had to see it. And I feel the same way about history in musical theater because I think people don't connect to sort of abstract ideas of movements or, or periods in people's lot la- or whatever, periods in time, and I think if you have characters, if you have stories that people can connect with, that people want to know the why and they want to attach themselves emotionally. I think musical theater is like this perfect vehicle because you do have the opportunity to develop characters that people really love, people really get attached to, and then at the end you're like, wait, wow, I really learned a lot about, um, in this case, Berlin. I really learned about how it really affected people's lives, people's families, and not just sort of the super like westernized eurocentric stories we've gotten from our history teachers um and you know for example the show about nikola tesla the alternate that we did a few years prior i think for a lot of students in the process like they didn't even know who he was and i think to just get 40 something young people interested in while they're creating that show regardless of whether they're watching it or not i think like that's really beautiful and another cool thing about dear berlin and using history and musical theater and this is more just talking about the process was that summer we had a couple of students from sweden over in the u.s and it was really interesting too to learn about sort of their perspective about the berlin wall in that period in time and even though you know they're we're definitely not around at that time. It was interesting to hear sort of just like a, a Swedish perspective on the whole issue. I think, you know, the growing up in the United States, we grew up with, uh, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. But, you know, the sentiments were a little bit different in Sweden. Or, and that, that nuance, I think that's something that you don't learn in a history book is just sort of nuances and attitude and, and culture.
3: What do you think, Nick? I think it can, absolutely. I I think one of the most important things I got out of doing these musicals based on people or real historical events is realizing that these aren't just words on a page, in a book, in a classroom setting. These are the stories and accounts of real people, real families and friends that went through tremendous things that we at those times felt needed to be told in a different way so that people could see them in a new light.
0: Jamie, what messages in Dear Berlin do you think are still relevant today? Hope. That's a
2: really big one. Um, Belief in humanity. Perseverance. I think we're in a time Right now, where a lot of people feel stuck and feel trapped and feel very hopeless, but you know, history repeats itself, fortunately and unfortunately. But I do think that it's what I've gained from that show was just perseverance, and if it's not for your generation, it's for the next generation, and continuing to fight for freedom even if it's not something that you will even see in your lifetime.
0: Nick, what's a lesson that you learned as a student while writing Dear Berlin that still sticks with you today as a staff member?
3: I think the biggest lesson I learned during the Dear Berlin writing process was to trust the process. The way that we decided to structure this show and to tell these stories often ended up ...separating us into groups that would continue to write together throughout the writing process, which normally doesn't happen. But at the end of the day, we normally would share all of the material that we had written that day. And so being able to see what the other groups have written and then seeing them being pieced together slowly but surely made me really trust in my fellow collaborators... And know that what I was doing was important to the show and that I could trust that everyone else was doing their parts and the show would come together in the end.
0: Any particularly funny moments that you remember from the process, Jamie?
2: Yeah, I mean, when you get like 40 plus people who have all done Level before in a room, it's gonna be funny. Like, just we all have a general idea of the same sense of humor and we're all just there to have fun and so I feel like that process was just so positive and lighthearted, and yeah I just feel like I laughed all day like it just felt like my first process again where it was just like laughing all day long I guess I feel like I have a lot more heartfelt moments from this process just being it being my last process and also just being sort of an, an older student looking to the younger students to step up. I mean, I just remember the talent shows of that process. Like a lot of the younger students got together and performed a number with choreography that they had organized themselves. And I was just so proud of their collaboration and their teamwork amongst themselves. And just really the growth that I had seen in so many students, like for example, Ryan Delgado. I love that boy. And he has always been such a silly character. Like, that has been his thing for the longest time. And I remember this show, he delivered a very serious monologue. And I was just really taken back by his performance and that he didn't laugh through it. And it really was touching and it really was moving. And, I mean, just... Little Miss Allison singing that Communism Isn't Dead ballad. Like, that was incredible. I mean, she just completely stole the show. And I feel like just seeing some of the younger students really step up in this process really just made me feel like I don't have a place here anymore and in, in the best way possible it's like you don't need me I have done my duty and now I want you to rise up and and continue doing amazing things so in a lot of ways it was just a really touching and heartfelt process and I mean like Brian Brown was there so of course it was really funny but
0: Nick, what's the most important aspect of the show that still feels relevant to you today?
3: I think the show is more relevant now than it was back when we wrote it in 2013. When we decided that the topic for our show was going to be about the Berlin Wall, we quickly all realized that we didn't want to tell the story of the wall itself, but rather of the people that were impacted by it. And we wanted to show how this wall seemingly came up overnight and instantly separated families from their loved ones and how these people fought in such harsh conditions to be reunited with the ones they love.
0: All right, now, Nick, I'm told that you have a special story that you'd like to share
3: from Dear Berlin. I remember this story that um, Michael Fink, another Lovewell music director, was telling me kind of recently. He had gone to Berlin in Germany, and while he was there, got to see pieces of the actual Berlin Wall and um, the actual (laughs) pieces of the hot air balloon that my character was involved with making and using in Act 2 of our show and I remember that he told me after seeing all that, he said, we got it right, which is so meaningful as a, uh, an artist in that process to know that all the research we did and all of the work that we put into the show itself actually meant something that we, <laughs> we got it right. Thanks so much, friends. Miss you both.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it was so great to talk about Berlin, and it was great to hear from Nick. Um, well,
0: until next time, adios.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much to Jamie and Nick for that wonderful trip down memory lane. Oh, the show is about to begin all right now please no talking during the show unwrap any hard candies now and take as many pictures as you'd like because the actors are at places and the curtain is rising for dear berlin a musical breakthrough
5: Der Berlin, ich trauere um dich. Wie ist es möglich, dass du immer noch aufrecht stehst? Nach all dem, was du gesehen hast, frage ich mich, wieso der Alexanderplatz immer noch kein Friedhof aus Schutt ist. Was hast du schon alles durchgemacht mit Hilfe von Großvater Europa? Feodalismus, Imperialismus? nationalismus and communismus ich kann nichts weiteres als deine widerstandsfähigkeit zu bestaunen Liebes Berlin there was at one time when a crisis struck you so grave that I found it impossible for you to survive it took 30 years through the 60s 70s and 80s for the sun to once again shine upon our city. Why, my dearest, did you spend 30 years battling none other than yourself? On the Saturday before they built the wall, there was a film festival in town. On that day, Germany had once again found its place in the sun. On that day, nothing mattered but you, my dear Berlin. A new dawn shines over Germany,
1: the home
6: August 13th, 1961. Uh, I slept through most of it. Almost all of Berlin did. And when I woke up, I found this, this makeshift wall of barbed wire and plywood separating the East from the West.
7: We were covering a film festival in West Berlin, but we spent the night in East Berlin. We were trapped. I'm a writer.
6: I take photographs.
7: And in one night, the world was forever changed.
1: Berlin, Berlin. What happened dear Berlin? We gave our lives to you and everything within Berlin.
6: But democratic West Berlin is controlled by the Allied powers of the United States, Great Britain, Cheerio. and France.
8: <laughs> I will all get along.
7: Well, actually,
6: they couldn't. Before the wall went, up, two and a half million East Germans had emigrated to the West. Most gave attempts were more successful than others.
5: Where you sleep is where you
8: Gray.
1: Where you'll sleep is where you'll stay Where you'll sleep is where you'll stay Where you'll sleep is where you'll stay
7: <laughs> Two brothers are on either side of the wall, separated by only fifty
1: feet.
9: It might as well be a thousand. Don't worry. This can't last for long. Just tell Mother I'm okay and... You're gonna have to be the man of the house for a while. But brother, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do it
1: alone.
6: construction of an actual wall began immediately. In most places, it stretched over 12 feet tall. No one was getting over that wall. Well, what about under?
10: October 15th, 1961,
7: Franz Schneider's place of residence on the outskirts of East Berlin. Franz himself was enjoying a nice, icy cold Barsteiner. Thank you. And there was a knock at the door.
5: It's only funds.
8: Wait, wait, wait. Don't you remember me? Anna. I grew up next door.
5: What do you want? I need your help. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> knock,
8: knock, knock. Herr Schneider?
5: Who in the hell are you?
10: We really need
9: your help.
5: We? Oui. Herr Schneider?
9: Schneider? Herr Schneider?
5: Oh, I'm got as well. Can't a man enjoy a nice cold wash on a Friday evening in his own home? Have
11: you no respect?
5: Sure, no
10: problem. Just take a seat, sit back, and relax. These fine people explain
1: to you what we're doing here.
11: Well, I'm Frank. <laughs> this is my wife.
5: Oh, please, I don't want to get to know you. Hurry up.
1: <laughs> um,
9: um, please listen, sir. My name is Frank. This is my wife.
5: Her name is Rosa. We've come to ask a big favor from you. Why would I do you perfect strangers a favor?
6: Because we're old, because we're kind, and we're all trapped and left behind. We've come
5: to ask a very big favor from you, you. All right, spit it out. What do you want?
8: Esther, dear, it's beautiful outside. gold away, darling.
5: Very well. Get on with it. Farmers down the road.
8: Yes, he's letting a group of people dig under the wall in his backyard. We tried to join them, but, but it's so, then we only sold
5: them now. They thought we were too old. Well, you most likely are. They
8: underestimated us.
10: I asked him not to make the same mistake.
9: Died trying to escape East Berlin. This
8: is our last chance. We are old. She's young, and she deserves more than this. And and since we lost our son and his
1: wife, we tried to give the girl a.
5: idea. I've been seeing more and more stars in this neighborhood every day. If you dig that tunnel, you'd have to stay completely out of sight.
10: Of course. We'll start to dig from your chicken coop. It's 160 feet of freedom. With a little luck and
5: help from you, we should be done in a couple weeks. Oh, no, no, no. That's for sure not going to happen. You can use my land. But I'm not going to help you dig that tunnel. Understood? That's fine.
8: Just give us a bit more time, and we'll do it all ourselves.
5: I'm not willing to endanger myself in any way. If the stars you find out, I'll tell them I don't know any of you. Of
8: course, of course.
1: You won't regret this,
5: Herr Schneider. I already do. Oh, you
1: are perfect strangers. You're the only one who can help to get us through.
5: Perfect stranger,
1: If you can put your trust in us,
5: then I can put my trust in you. A lot of you. What can I do for you today? I fear I don't have enough coffee and biscuits to go around. First, time, we'd like the to inform our neighbors
4: of a slight policy change. Two of the frequency of recent attempts, assisting escapees to West Berlin is now
5: punishable by imprisonment. Oh, glad to hear the changes in policy. However, I do not think they will affect me. The information on this. Have a wonderful day.
4: One more thing, sir. As you know, the walls continue to be fortified. And because of your unique location.
5: tunnel is finished. We've gone across the border, but but we haven't dug up yet.
10: and We haven't fortified most of it. If you continue at this pace, three days.
5: You don't have three days.
4: Have been expedited. We'll start building the God
5: Towers tomorrow. Oh God. I have lived on this property all my life. I have fought for this country. I've already lost half of my land because of that God-forsaken wall. Shouldn't I have a say in this?
1: Yeah, Quiet, please.
5: Do we need to remind you, comrade, that the land is not yours? I need three days.
4: Three days for what?
5: I'm not done with my harvest.
4: Harvest? We haven't had an aqua farm in years. we built on Monday. Well, I might not still
5: be burned crops, but I do provide eggs for this entire area. My, my my chicken can't handle the noise. Then move to Coop. We'll help you. Oh, no, I won't move that. Coop. Why not? Oh, no. You
4: got of spunk for a 65-year-old man. You're the only landowner here that has shown us any resistance. Are oh, you hiding something from us? Schneider? Are you hiding something from us, Herr Schneider? Are you hiding something from us? Oh,
5: what do you take me for? A traitor? Oh, no, I... I turned the traitors away. Yes, I... I know who they are and where they are. They are right under your nose. Continue. Today, there was a knock at my door. I was asked by a group of people to use my land as an escape route to the west. But I turned them down. I watched them leave, and they walked directly to the... To the Heinzel residence where, where Gerald Heinzel politely welcomed them in. Is this true? Gerald Heinzel! Gerald Heinzel is the traitor. Take him away. There are people on his property building a tunnel right now. Bye, you
6: On fire every day but I guess people can get used to anything.
10: Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> we can't be so negative. Let's just call it a trial run. Your dad will have the
8: balloon up and flying in no time.
12: No, he won't. Yeah,
8: I got swore he would never try again. What? Why not?
10: Gunther? Peter?
12: You
11: need your
10: rest. Mama, Papa, Mr. Strelzik isn't planning on building a new island for the balloon.
11: What? Is this true? Yes. It's a decision I've made. I think it will be to everyone's benefit.
10: But we have to get out of East Berlin. Our daughter has to get out of here. The only doctors that can treat her are in the West. It's what's best
7: for my family. If you want out, you need to figure your own way.
10: But it's not what's best for
7: my
12: friend. Mom, Dad, why can't we just try one more time?
1: Doctor says it's time to say goodbye. Our daughter's life is on the line. Liberation's on the other side. It's time to leave.
10: Been trying to get back.
11: Hans, Olga, you know how hard it is to be trustful of others right now. It was already a risk bringing Guther's family in on the plan. But you don't have to worry about it anymore because I am done working on this balloon.
7: Come on, girls, let's go home. <laughs> take care of you two. Well,
4: fine. We'll just find a way out ourselves. Yeah, we got a list of ideas a mile long. Yes. Wait, we have a list. No, but they don't know that. Oh, right. right. Yeah, a <laughs> Alyssa mile foolproof ideas and you know what you're not invited
9: You um, know, you're not supposed to be reading those for pleasure. I no, know, I know, but I
1: can't help myself. <laughs> Take
9: a look at this, you're going to love this. <clears throat> okay. So, you know that last week there was some suspicion that either Mr. or Mrs. Fisher was having an affair, you remember? I really don't care. <laughs> oh, well, it turns out there is another man. Well, uh, I knew she was no good for him. Oh, no, no, no. Oh,
1: that's
0: a
9: good part,
4: He
0: is no good, Mr.
9: Fisher is the one with the man on the side.
4: How rich is
5: that?
9: That is highly inappropriate. You shouldn't be reading that kind of thing. Here, let me take a look at that.
8: <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 wait.
9: Isn't
4: it a little bit late to start crossing now?
9: They better have all their papers in order. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold it right there.
4: Good evening. Hello.
9: Hey, person.
4: I'm Hans Schroeder. And I'm Olga Schroder. Doesn't matter. Let
9: me see your papers.
7: We're diplomats from the great nation. Of- if
9: you don't show us your papers now, you shall be consider- considered threats to the GDR border control. No papers, please. Oh. <laughs> 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 do you think we're good at our jobs?
10: Excuse me?
9: Do you think we are good at our jobs? Well, yes, of course. That's good, because I think we're good at our jobs.
10: So are we, which is uh, why we need to get through so we could go back to work.
9: I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, why is that? Can you tell me why these papers are fake? Fake. <laughs> right here in the corner, it says Munich Playboy membership card. These can get you into sleazy parties. Not West Berlin. And you are officially under arrest for trying to cross the border, my friend. Oh, no, 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 please, please, no, I uh,
4: uh, Information I can give you.
9: Information, oh, yes. yes. What information could you have that would be of any use to us? You
4: know that
8: hot air balloon from the other day? Yeah, yeah, we know
4: people responsible.
11: school. Would have been better
12: in the West. (laughs) It was fine, Papa. Did you learn anything interesting in class today? Nope. Well, actually, I learned a lot.
11: How about a game of cards?
12: No, thanks. I'd
8: rather be playing outside in the West.
11: Alright, listen. I've just about had it with these backhanded comments about the West. Enough is enough. But
8: Lana, show your father some respect. Respect! I'd rather be all alone in the West and here with you all! Alright, listen to me all
1: You're not sorry. Start searching so don't stop till every inch of this house is
9: cornered. What's going on here? Your family is under suspicion for the attempted hot air with Are you here, Strahl's Uh, yes sir. Everyone disperse, make sure every inch of this house is covered.
4: You two, check upstairs.
9: They tried to cross the border with fake IDs, and they lied to us about the location of the people harboring the hot air balloon. This time, I'm going to get answers by any means necessary. Vlad. Vlad, what's wrong with you? You can't just hurt these people like that. Stasi has a bad enough reputation as it is. Our job is to protect the people of the GDR, not... Them. I believe force might be necessary to protect the GDR and its citizens. That's not what we're here to do. You really need to get your eyes on the full picture of your Siegfried, you're too weak. We must enforce because Can't you see this has gone much too
1: far?
9: Protect and preserve with respect and reserve. They must obey our laws. I fear we don't see eye to eye. But stars is what we are. Try to run away with systematic discipline and careful observation. We will teach each other safe and way to stay. If he is obedient, we'll throw the dog a bone. And if not, we will take it all away. With some intimidation, we'll spread fear across this nation and force all within the GDR to stay. Although we don't see eye to eye, stars. He is what we are. We are Are you? Well, no, I'm not. Well, then, we've got work to do. Oh, no, wait to. just a minute here. You listen here. Don't you think i to do my people.
6: job? I know it's in country, as people, and who so is communism?
1: Damn I've got to that's like a
9: systematic discipline and observation, we have to a we but now people call it way. summit the a the Fine, I'll do it your way. I won't use force this time, but I will.
4: I'm just trying to bring some light to a dark situation.
7: <laughs> That's it, I'm done. Can the Stasi just kill me now?
1: <sighs>
7: what do you think they're doing to Peter and Gunther? What are they doing to our friends?
4: Uh, I don't know. It, it could be bad. You hear lots of stories.
7: We've done a really awful thing. Are we horrible people? No, no, no. We're not
4: horrible people. We've just made a horrible mistake.
7: The last thing we should have done is turn over our friends. Yeah, I, th- I doubt we're their favorite neighbors anymore.
9: <laughs> Do you know why you're back here? No! We didn't find what you said we'd find. Are they hurt? No, we didn't find anything.
7: So you didn't arrest them?
9: Correct, which is why you're back here. You need to tell us the truth about the location of the people harboring the hot air balloon. Oh.
4: You want the truth. The truth is our neighbors are brilliant people who will find a way over that wall. Whether it's in a hot air balloon or or something else entirely, it doesn't matter. They'll find a way. And I hope they do soon so they can get away from people like you. Enough! You're in enough trouble as it is. This is just more evidence I'm not finished yet! Mm -hmm. This wall is gonna come down someday. And when that day comes, I can't wait to go home to West Berlin, look my friends in the eye and apologize for what I did to them. You can reinforce this wall, build it six feet higher, beat the people of Berlin to a pulp. But the one thing you can't beat down is hope. Watch me.
7: You can keep us here as long as you want, but we're not saying
10: another word.
11: What do you want? We need to get back to work on the bullet. searching for the balloon. Somehow they knew we were involved. Someone must have given us up.
7: Did they find anything? The majority of the parts are still in your house. They didn't find anything big enough to cause suspicion, just a few engine parts. Well, what about my
11: family? with the Stasi headed here? Not as far as we know, but they're capable of showing up at any time. Well, how long will it take to fix the balloon? Not long, if we work fast. You were right. We can't live here. We don't deserve to live in fear. We have to give flight a second chance.
10: For Adelina and for all of us, it's the only option.
11: This week's winds will be the calmest they've been in months. We can't let this opportunity
0: hope you enjoyed act one of dear Berlin for tonight's brief intermission. We'd like to remind you some of the exciting things happening in the Lovewell community. Registration is now open for our Lovewell Fort Lauderdale fall intergenerational workshop from 1 PM to 5 PM on Saturday, October 20th in the annex at art serve in Fort Lauderdale. This intergenerational workshop is open to artists of all ages and experience levels. In just one afternoon, you will leave having collaboratively created and performed your very own piece of original musical theater. Are you the parent of a Lovewell Light looking to better understand what your student creates every summer? This event's for you. Are you the friend or neighbor of a Lovewell Light who has always wanted to experience the Lovewell Method? Then this event is for you. Are you just looking for a great time? Look, this event's for you. You get what we're trying to say here. We want you to be at this intergenerational workshop. You can apply on www.lovewell.org. It is only $20 to join and you'll even get a discount if you sign up multiple artists at a time. We'll see you there. As always, we'll be posting new episodes of Listen Well, a Love Well podcast, on the first Thursday of every month, so be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, we are also available on iTunes, where you can leave a rating and a review as well. If you like this show, let us know. Oh, the lights just flickered. It's time to get back to the show. Enjoy Act Two of Dear Berlin.
6: brothers are still separated. Oh, I feel ya. I uh, celebrated my 50th last
7: week. <laughs> the brothers haven't been in communication for 10 years. One brother
6: The change is coming. Big time. By January 1st, 1980, Eric Neal had amassed 90,000 secret police and 200,000 informants. The Stasi had compiled information on over one-third of East Germany's population, creating 81 miles of files.
0: 1989. We will now revisit the profiles of possible suspects arrested this afternoon. Our first file. Sanya Scheinschort, age 17. At the age of six, her worthless capitalist parents abandoned her in an attempt to flee. We placed her in a foster home in hopes that she would become a successful member in our community.
10: I miss my parents every day. My so-called new family never understood me, so I ran away when I was 16 part of this revolution,
9: I finally found my voice. Amelia Engel, aged 19 years, currently attending Deutsche Oberstwetsen, became a radical capitalist upon her unfortunate acquaintance with Emil Schaffen.
10: More than anything, I want to get over the wall to travel the world. I thought the quickest way to get out was to join Emil's group.
1: Emil Schaffen,
9: aged 28 years, suspected homeless delinquent, pride himself in disturbing the peace with outrageous carol bashful Garbage, known to frequently pirate Western television channels.
6: I create unique fashion, the same caliber that any designer in New York wish to see. The people outside this place need to know what's going on, and I make sure that happens. When I die, fashion dies.
4: <laughs> Next file: Europe Frank, a driving force behind the unrest amongst the East Germans. Could be planning a rebellion was severely beaten at the protest this morning. about currently unknown. His wife was accidentally killed six months ago while trying to flee. Accidentally? Well, officially, yes, of course.
11: Silic Simon has been seen with and connected to many rebels.
10: I do hang out with the rebels, but I'm not looking to cause any trouble. I just want to be part of something important.
9: And this movement feels so important. Frankie Dietz has ties to suspected escapees, but Shirley are planning an escape herself. But we fixed that.
12: I feel like there are eyes watching me wherever I go. They're always around.
0: Anya Jurgen, her father was an alcoholic and became aggressive with the guards. We had no choice but to throw him into prison.
12: My father wasn't an alcoholic. He was a political organizer who was provoked to violence by the Stasi. He's been wrongly imprisoned without trial for more than a decade. Everybody has a choice. And I choose to fight fire with fire. They should be watching me.
5: Janina Kruger, huh? don't, let this
9: young, don't let this young girl deceive you. She's um, sneaky. True. Manipulative. Yeah,
10: that's pretty
9: true. And, ooh, has streaks of violence.
10: Not true. You want to talk about violence? My brother tried to cross into West Germany three years ago and was attacked at the wall by a pack of dogs led by the Scotsman. Even after he surrendered, they still wouldn't call him off. He was in the hospital for nearly one.
9: Peter Free. We don't seem to have a file on this one.
6: Well, I can't say that I'm surprised. You hang around here long enough, you're bound to pick up a few things. We had to release them all. We didn't have any
0: evidence against them, and frankly, our prisons are so full, we didn't want them. They are free. Well, as free as you can be in East Berlin.
12: Enough is enough. What's our next step? Wait, is everyone
10: here? Are we missing someone?
6: Where's Yurik?
10: I didn't see him at the station. Maybe he was just detained? Hello? Janina, are you in this conversation? I have something to tell you guys. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to believe it was Yurik, but he's not here and...
12: Spit it out, what do you know?
10: It was at the protest. There was yelling and everyone was getting arrested. There was screaming. I saw someone getting beaten badly by the saucy. I think
6: it was Yurik. Well, I got a picture, but we won't know until it's developed. Poor Yurik. It makes me sick to even think about it. He didn't deserve that.
10: This is exactly why we need to fight violence with violence. In the history of time, has that ever ended well? Fighting fire with fire just makes the fire bigger. What is the matter with you? Are you all cowards? I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're here, aren't you? And if you're here, you're gonna fight.
6: Calm down. Frankie, if we start to do what the saucy do, we're no better than they are.
12: So true. Gosh! Maybe, at the next protest, we should all just lie down on the ground so it's easier for them to just beat us all with an inch of our lives. That's ridiculous! How's that ridiculous? ridiculous. Not we not done And all we doing is standing too here! You
1: got
8: Hello? You excuse me? Um, who are you? I'm Inga Strauss, and it seems like this is... Not the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't be here. What is this place?
12: Hey, want me to get rid of it? No, that won't be necessary. This is a place where we can... escape from the chokehold communism has on East Berlin. Chokehold? But communism is great!
7: Communism
8: is dead. And if you don't agree, you can just leave. Communism isn't dead. Give me a chance. If you'll hear me out, I know I can convince you that communism is the key to happiness. (laughs) Imagine a world where everything is shared and everyone does their part. A stable and perfect world that's equal. and classes not divide where problems are present and everyone is on your for this, I get into trouble for this. Not if you don't tell anybody. Did you all miss the point of my song? (laughs) I love my country. I want to do what's best for my country. Why stand up for a country that's done
7: nothing but betray you?
6: We're just talking. In this church, under this country's laws, this is not illegal. You can leave. You can tell anyone, but that's not going to stop us.
12: Hey! <laughs> 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 you think so on anyone? Doesn't matter. Because now we fight back in a whole new way.
7: There are other ways. Taking up arms against our fellow human beings is just wrong. I'm not
12: waving the flag of peace now. I have access to guns and I know
1: <laughs> Guns? Whoa,
6: whoa, whoa. They didn't shoot any of us at the protest.
10: So what? We wait until someone else does? We have to be the ones who shoot first.
6: I've been watching protests go south since before you were born. The common factor in every protest gone wrong is violence. Exactly. Two words, Tiananmen Square.
12: What the happens to me? I'm too young to die. Listen, guys. There's another protest tonight. But well, we'll be there. And we'll be armed. You're
10: either in or you're out what York would want
12: we're going to find out what happened to him it's time to get even <laughs>
6: A different kind of weapon.
12: <laughs> what good's that gonna do? More good than you could know. Please, the time for peace has passed. They deserve whatever they have coming for them. <laughs>
1: Are oh
12: exactly we shooting these violence?
11: Oh my god. I'm sorry I'm late.
12: What happened?
11: Don't worry. Fine.
12: Well we spent the last 12 hours gathering all the support and ammo we can for this protest.
6: Fantastic And we can be delivered to our families on the other side of the wall in very fashionable body bags.
10: A body bag is better than 100 years on this side of the wall.
12: So what do you say, Yurik? You're our leader. Do we just give up? Do we live our lives behind this wall forever? At
4: least if we die, we die fighting for something we believe in. I just, I'm starting to think
6: there might be another way. So you, of all people, are just giving up? I'm not giving up. It's just not about fighting enough fighting. It's about speaking up or
1: remaining silent. An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind Think of what
11: we've lost and what's been left behind I know this,
1: we know this to be true Day
6: after day, year after year a lightning on travel restrictions between the East and the West.
7: The policies were to take effect the next day, but Schabowski, sleep-deprived and under stress, wrongfully announced that movement across the Berlin border would be freely allowed and effective immediately.
5: I'm Peter in New York, just a short while ago. Astonishing news from East Germany, where the East German authorities have said in essence that the Berlin Wall doesn't mean anything anymore. The Wall that the East Germans put up in 1961 to keep its people in will now be breached by one who wants to leave. The East German media chief of the Communist Party said a short while ago that anyone who wants to leave East Germany and go anywhere in the world is free to do so. Anyone who wants to leave East Germany and travel to the West and return will need a visa, but visas will be granted. It is said immediately or at least urgently by police stations all over the country. It is perhaps the most important announcement made in Central Europe since the end of World War II, certainly since the wall went up in 1961.
0: for joining us for tonight's episode of Listen Well, a Lovewell podcast. Special thanks to Jamie and Nick for joining us at Lovewell HQ for their great interview. Be sure to subscribe and we will see you next month for another Lovewell Rewind. Until then, this is Tyler Grimes reminding you to listen well, create well, love well. Good night.